and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Lisa Tay, I am so excited to have you on She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview. Thank you so much for having me, Jules. I'm so excited and thank you for bearing with me uh, with my technical difficulties. I'm actually in bed now, so. <laughs> well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, so am I. Luckily, no one can see this, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's start off with what it is that you do now. What is what is your business? That's a fantastic question. I have a few, actually, so I might run you fantastic. really quickly. So yeah, my my nine to five is called Cody Agency and that's a digital marketing agency based out of Melbourne. So we do everything from social media management to content creation and influencer campaigns. So that keeps me really busy. Uh, shout out to my team. They're honestly an incredible bunch of people. So super fortunate to work alongside them. And then Perfect. I have a new venture, which I'm working on at the moment. Ooh, I love a new venture. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so do I. I actually love keeping busy. So so it's called listnick.com, um, L-I-S-N-I-C. Okay. So I'm working with one of my business partners, Nick Bell, on that. And that will actually connect mentees with mentors and mind, uh, so business mentors and mind mentors all around the world. So Ooh. it's going to be a really big game-changing platform. So look, when we thought of the idea, we thought it can't be that hard to build and it's, you know, we're... <laughs> Sorry, I'm really laughing. I did the same thing when I thought, oh, I'll build a PR SaaS platform, can't be that hard and, you know, <laughs> hundreds, tens of thousands of dollars and months later it, it finally emerged from the chrysalis. But tell me, why did you decide to set up this link, list Nick? Tell me, <laughs> what is it again? List Nick. <laughs> List Nick, yeah, it's actually oh, just a combination. Nick, right? <laughs> uh, okay, now I'll be able to say it the right way. Okay, so but why? What was the big, big why for that one? So that's a very good question. So we're crazy. No, no. <laughs> goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so really, we both believe in the power of mentors and mm-hmm. the importance of mentors. So not just business mentors, but also also mind mentors. And I'm very active on social media, and I and I actually often talk about the fact that I see a therapist, and they've really helped me become mentally stronger, which is obviously very important when you're running your own business. So and particularly when you're running a business through a pandemic let's be honest I mean it's even more important now I know and actually Jules can I tell you that I honestly don't know if I would have gotten through the pandemic if I hadn't started seeing a therapist last year because I you know I feel like I'm so much more mentally stronger now and you know running a business is hard at the best of times let alone running one through a pandemic and you know and facing the challenges that a lot of us would have faced. So I definitely, you know, want to try and normalize the discussion around mental health. Fantastic. So that was, yeah. So that was a really big part of why we didn't just limit it to business mentors, because I believe that if you're wanting to be the best in business, you're going to need to be mentally strong because as you know, running your own business as well, it's 
it's really hard. It's super <laughs> challenging. In fact, it's funny, only this morning I was saying to my partner, I've got this low-level anxiety running through me. I can feel it all the time because you're so worried about, I really want this, especially if you're passionate about it. I really want it to happen. What if it doesn't? Maybe I shouldn't do it, you know, and you question yourself and then you bring yourself back and, yeah, it's constant. And I'm a pretty mentally strong person as well. So for those people that are, you know, are having even a slight wobble or losing their businesses, um, this would be, yeah, super, super important that they attend to their mental health. Exactly right. And, you know, I think a lot of people go, oh, well, if I've got something physically wrong with me, like I've broken my leg or, you know, uh, I've got a sore joint, like you go to a doctor and you go and get it fixed out or you're more than happy to tell people about it. Yet when it's like a mental health struggle, it's like people just for some reason don't want to go and seek professional help. And it's like, wouldn't you want to be the best version of yourself you can be? And mental health is a huge element of that. So for us, you know, we really want to make sure that we're uh, enabling and empowering people to find the mentors that are going to help them be better at business, whether it's. So what do you mean? So yeah, what do you mean? Are you going to get psychologists? as mentors or or what's the plan? How does the mental health thing get dressed? Mm. So what we do is we're going to have, it's pretty much like an open <laughs> It's okay. Keep going. Sorry, I had a frog in my throat. Oh, no. Uh, so it will be like an open network. So it's going to be like a marketplace so people can – post a job so they can say, I want uh, either a business mentor to help me scale my business or help me with global expansion, or I want someone to help me with my career, or I want someone to help me with uh, my fear of public speaking. And then mentors can all be signed up to the platform as well. So it'll be sort of similar to like an Airtasker freelancer type model. And then they can just bid on the project. People can do their research and go, yes, great. I want this person. And then all the sessions will be conducted through the website. So uh, it will just be ordered by a video conference because obviously during a pandemic it's a lot harder for people to travel there's also social distance like social distancing issues I mean that's one of the great things about the pandemic I think that it has there's a whole lot of people that were like oh no I like to meet in person and I don't think zoom is as good and and, you know phone calls aren't great that have just gone oh actually zoom is actually quite good and I'm used to it now and whatever so it's opened up and of course, it's not just geographical within Australia, then it's global. Like, as you said, you know, you can have anyone from anywhere helping anyone anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so much more efficient, to be honest with you. And don't get me wrong, I still miss that face-to-face interaction. But when it comes to just like endless meetings, you do really lose a lot of time traveling. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Locations. yeah. And, and let's face it, like I've spent most of uh ISO in tracksuit pants. So I'm like, oh my God, I need to look <laughs> decent from the waist down now as well if I go out. So <laughs> confronting. I know high heeled shoes and things like that again. Ugh. <laughs> Very confronting, honestly. I'm like, okay, so, so you got through, so you were telling us about Listnik, you were telling us about Cody. Are they the two main businesses? Have you got anything else going on at the moment? I have a tooth, believe it or not, it's really random, a toothpaste, mouthwash, and toothbrush brand called 101 Lifestyle, which is stocked at Mecca. And my husband. Are you serious? I know. It's actually crazy. I just love keeping busy. And it's and I was actually saying to my 
therapist. Well, actually, I don't know if I've even spoken to her about this. I was saying to my husband the other day, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I can do things unless I'm a hundred percent like crazy busy. You know, I think if I don't have yes. a million things on, and I don't know, there must it's, be some problem that. No, 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 no. That's so true. I think busyness breeds busyness. Whereas when you're sitting around with nothing to do, you just can't be bothered. Yes. When you've got the time, you can't be bothered. But it, once the adrenaline's pumping, you can get so much done. Exactly right. So I don't know why that's the case for me. And that's probably something that I need to work out because it's probably not good to be busy all of the time. And I do feel guilty if <laughs> I'm not working. But well, I'm going to do a little how are you juggling your work and your life question at the end of this. Okay. So we'll, we'll see. But really, I mean, look, you would be the 80th maybe um, female founder. And I always say, how's it juggling? When it's your passion, and it doesn't seem like work. It just seems like fun. And that's the way that your brain works. It, it all just kind of blends. I don't think it's a bad thing. And look, that's a really good point. Like, you know, I was thinking, and, and that fun element I think is really important to me because I've come from, and I'll talk about this later on, but I've come from an industry or a career where I didn't love my job and I was counting down to five every day. Whereas I was telling my business partner, Nick, like, you know, we spend a lot of our time on listening outside of hours. So when it hits five o'clock, we then catch up and we, we do work on it. We work on weekends. And I was saying to him, oh, it's actually really great because I'm really enjoying it and not, you know, like I wouldn't really want to be spending my time outside no. of nine to five. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. So I feel really lucky that I've met people. and I work with people that I really love talking to and working with and just makes such a difference. I think massive. it just makes such a huge difference. Massive difference. So, um, so between Cody and Listnick, mm-hmm. was there a light bulb moment for either of them that you just, you know, something happened where you went, you know what, I'm just going to go and set up my own company. Did something specific happen? Ah, oh, that see, that's uh, really interesting because I actually started off my career as a tax lawyer, and oh my god, no wonder you didn't love your job. <laughs> I know it makes it all makes sense. Now, and handy skills to have, but yeah, no, I can understand that that wouldn't have been the most stimulating. Yeah, look, it, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to people who are in tax and were nothing against you. You're all doing amazing work. It just wasn't right for me. Uh, yeah. But I, I really believe that, you know, you didn't have to count down to five every day. And I thought life's too short to sit there waiting for retirement, which a lot of people actually do at the tax office. I was at the tax office for a bit as well. So, uh, Isn't that shocking? They're just hanging out for the pension, you know, forget the 20 years of grief they're going to have to live through to get there. Oh, they actually have spreadsheets where they calculate. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't tell me that. So I just thought, you know what? That's probably not uh, inspiring (laughs) for me to be around. (laughs) So so I actually ended up moving to Witchery to work in their marketing team. So in 2011, I actually started a fashion, beauty, and lifestyle website with one of my, um, with my former business partner, and that allowed me to do a career transition. And then- Yeah. So after witchery, I just thought, or or even just working at witchery, I think I started getting more of that desire to run my own business. Why a digital marketing agency when you came from a financial background? It's interesting. Yeah. I was never passionate about it and I loved content creation. Like that's actually what I'm really passionate about. And I think it probably just happens that digital marketing and social media is the uh, the platform that I use to create content on. But I love, you know, even telling people stories and sharing people's stories. So I've written two books, one's on Australian style and Australian beauty. And that gave me the chance to share the stories of the amazing trailblazers that we have in both of those industries in Australia. 
and then yeah. I'm actually working on a business book with Nick at the moment. So that's our because uh, we don't have enough on. We're just adding more <laughs> to the play. No, but that's uh, when you put two entrepreneurial people together and all the ideas start firing. I think that's what happens every time. It's oh, here's another one, brand new shiny thing. Let's just go and start something new. I know, and it's so <laughs> it's so crazy. So we actually did, and I know you've um you've done a show as well, and we so we actually did a show together. We've got a podcast together, and then that just naturally evolved into listening and then that involved into um, the book. And so I think both of us are really passionate about business. And I think we, we just realized we had a really good work dynamic. So we just thought, oh, well, maybe we can do something together. And then I think just our natural uh, desire to want to help people really drew us to create listening because for both of us you know we really want to give as much time as we can to helping the business community but we have limited hours in the day so we just thought why not you know we might not be able to specifically mentor people and and everyone who approaches us but we can create a platform where people can find the right and and yeah and you can get some great people onto it all right well look that seems like the perfect moment to ask me uh, ask me (laughs) <laughs> for me to ask you to go all the way back basically to school and and tell me how your career has evolved because it sounds fascinating already. Or even growing up, I mean, growing up, were your parents entrepreneurial? Did they run their own business? No, they weren't. They're actually quite traditional Asian parents. Uh, and right. so I always had grandiose visions of being a fashion designer and they did not think that that was a practical choice for me. In hindsight, they were probably right. I did try and make my own clothes in uni and they were terrible. So <laughs> great, great uh, decision by them to try and tell me to do something maybe a little bit more. Uh, but perhaps you went to the one extreme, from one extreme to the other to go into tax. So what did you study? I mean, what? and are you from a big family? Are you... Have you got brothers and sisters? I've got one brother who actually returned. He he did his MBA in Chicago and he returned at the start of March to get married and never went back to Chicago. So he's incredible. He's like honestly one of the smartest people that I know. And he's just super switched on. His mind works a million miles an hour. He's just like he works for uh, McKinsey, like a management consulting company. Oh, yeah, great. Highly intelligent. So I'm probably the black sheep of the family. Um, To to my parents' credit, like they definitely instilled in me a a really strong work ethic from a young age. They never had my brother and I, uh, um, you know, anything on a silver platter. We started working like from really young, like probably when I was like 13 or 14, like I would go in with my mum to the university bookshop where she worked and I would help out, you know, unpack boxes and put books on the shelves. And I, I worked there for years and years actually. Uh, and it, I think from a young age, I really saw the importance of having a strong putting, work putting in the time yeah absolutely and and not being afraid of that and that, and you know running your own business that's something that is super important because people have really glamorized entrepreneurship and it's amazing don't get me wrong and there's nothing more satisfying than the feeling of building a business and you know whether it succeeds or fails learning from that but it's a lot of hard work and it a is especially when you're just setting off because you do have to be a jack of all trades to a very large extent and if, if you're bootstrapping which most I guess most women are we know that statistically um you know and then you're trying to do the marketing yourself and you're trying to master how to build a website and what you should be doing on social media and it or it can be yeah a lot of work Absolutely. But, you know, 
So the, again, another reason why you've got to have that passion there because if you don't, it'll really start to bring you down. Absolutely. And also know that you're not alone because I think one thing that I realized was in the corporate world, a lot of people hate their jobs. So it's quite a negative environment. Like, you know, I wouldn't say people are passionate about what they do. Whereas when I entered the entrepreneurial space, people genuinely love what they do. And it's it's such an incredible energy to be around. Like yeah. imagine being around yeah. people all the time who are thinking of new ideas, starting new businesses, you know, facing challenges. And bubbling with ideas. And yeah, no, it is a very dynamic, exciting environment. Exactly right. So I, I personally love, and I think I just accidentally sort of stumbled on the world of entrepreneurship, but I love it. And I just love being, uh, you know, someone who's in control of their, to some degree, their control of their destiny, because, you know, you sort of think uh, a lot of the time, a lot of things are out of your control, but how hard you work and how hard you choose to work is something that is definitely. That you can, absolutely. Okay. So we, we digressed a bit. So you were at school. And you, your parents didn't want you to to go and do fashion design. So what did you do, accounting? I did commerce law and it's actually... Okay, that's more interesting than accounting. Yeah, (laughs) I'm actually really bad with numbers and uh, it's quite embarrassing to say that because people are like, you're in tax, you you worked in tax. I'm like, I know. And I think I felt like a bit of an imposter for for most of my time in tax. I think I was waiting for literally someone to tap me on the shoulder going, I know you have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) So So how long did you do it for? Seven years. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lisa. Okay, so we're going to skim over that and say you, you worked hard, you realised fairly soon that maybe it wasn't going to, you know, make you bounce out of bed in the morning. Yeah, I so, blame what- I say, because I <laughs> doing law re- seemed really glamorous. I'm like, oh, my God, being a tax lawyer would be really cool. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No, it, uh, I can't imagine it was. So... Seven years in, you've been a tax lawyer for ages. Was there something that happened that made you think I'm getting out of here tomorrow or or what was it that that started the idea of you um, starting your own business? It was really that I wasn't happy and I was probably not a good But why didn't you just go and get another job? to be around. Look, I really gave, uh, I did. So I actually from tax, I moved to witchery to work at their marketing. Okay. So I did much leave more exciting. Yeah, much more exciting. Uh, so it, like that definitely gave me an insight into more of that marketing world. And I thought I actually really like this. So, you know, I think from there, I really wanted to, I guess, uh, like, uh, I don't know why. I don't think I've ever been on. Well, let me let me posit an idea then. Was it because I used to work in um, in ad agencies and design agencies and we would go in. I did a lot of work with what, what's the, the Just Group, I think it was, down yeah. in Richmond. And you'd go in and you'd kind of chat to them all about, you know, here's this great graphic design or here's this strategy we're going to do or whatever. And I could see, and I've done it a lot with insurance companies, and you can see the people you're dealing with going, I want your life. You know, like you, it's just so much more interesting. So was there something that happened that you enjoyed working with the agencies when you were at witchery that made you think, okay, I could go and do my own? To be honest, I think it was actually more being exposed to the up and coming world of social media because 
you know, I just saw a huge opportunity and potential in the space. And when we actually started the agency, the work that we were doing, like managing people's social media accounts, organizing influencer campaigns, wasn't even a job back then really. And, and it was, it's funny because now I just think, wow, the industry has transformed and come so far and it's constantly evolving. And that's what I find really exciting. Whereas tax, like that, we've had the same tax act since we've got two, we've got 1936. (laughs) You don't even need to compare it. I, 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 it yeah. makes me makes me sick up in my mouth a little bit the idea of working in tax. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I know. Look at um, so okay, so let's just fl- move over all of that. So you started Co- was Cody Agency the first business that you had outside of being yeah. an employee? Yeah. So didn't know what I was doing at all. I uh, <laughs> just actually think in hindsight, sometimes it's good to not know the challenges that you're going to face. I think I agree with you. I think there's a naivety of you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know that you're doing it wrong or that you should be, you know, how hard it's going to be in the future Absolutely. and you just go for it. Yeah, so it did you, how did you pick up some clients? Cause I guess that's how it all, you know, that's when you start feeling like it's real. Exactly. So because we had the Fashion Beauty Lifestyle website, we used to do some sponsored content on there. So it sort of started off actually doing work for clients on our site. And then clients just started saying, oh, can you actually help us with our content and, you know, not have it on your site just for our channels? And we just thought, yeah, why not? Like, I guess so. And then it sort of just happened from there and it just sort of evolved quite quickly because obviously digital is such a new space. And I even look at some of the bigger, more established agents and they're still very much stuck in their ways and they're not living and breathing the platforms. And it's quite incredible when I look at how many people who run agencies don't actually uh, go on the platforms themselves. I'm like, how can you be yes. like what you're selling when you have no idea how it actually works? So I think that's one of our biggest strengths. Like I've been, uh, I'm not going to say I'm an influencer by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think you are, <laughs> but I know what you mean, but you've been working on those platforms and you kind of understand them and the power of them and what works and what doesn't and exactly. all that kind of thing literally. organically because you've done it yourself. Exactly. I literally live and breathe it, like especially LinkedIn at the moment. So I've sort of moved, like I cut my teeth on Instagram but now I've moved to more LinkedIn, still trying to work out what the hell TikTok is all about. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, TikTok has, hasn't done it for me. And I've moved from Facebook to LinkedIn, but oh my God, isn't it a fabulous platform? Like I love LinkedIn now. Oh, LinkedIn is honestly game changing. It's just transformed my whole business. It's transformed my uh, view of social media in the business yeah. world. It's helped me with the most amazing personal experiences. So yeah, I've met incredible people even like yourself like we connected through LinkedIn so I just we did yeah it's it's honestly (laughs) changed my life and I want a lot of people to go on it but I really do feel like a lot of businesses don't support or encourage their employees to go on it because they're scared like they're scared they're like no well some of the big organizations forbid don't they their their um staff from going on it and we want you know you're not allowed to do it and and I just thought I couldn't imagine working for someone that didn't allow me to speak my own mind I'm trying to force my employees to go they're probably like <laughs> so annoying. I might need to come and work for you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I want them to be on there and I want them to get yeah. opportunities. Like I don't want them to leave, obviously, and get poached. But I do want to, you know, I think even, you know, 
I've obviously had business. I've won business um, from LinkedIn, but even the soft skills I was reflecting on, you know, just the fact that I present and do video content pretty much every day on LinkedIn has helped me become so much more articulate. It's really encouraged me to get to the point a hell of a lot quicker because I tend to waffle a lot, as you probably know, on this call. So it's just helped with those kind of skills, knowing how to write concise, quick text that copy that can then lead to a CTA and encourage engagement. Like all those sort of things, I think, wow, I've been practicing them pretty much daily. And there's a lot of things that you don't really practice daily and that you really should be doing and that can really impact your life. So, you know, it's had had that side benefit as well. So highly encourage all of you out there listening to get on the platform. And especially if you're running a small business, the way the algorithm is at the moment, LinkedIn's incredible for reach. So, and it's it is free yeah. to post. Like if you're not paying someone to help you, so I can also put a post up on on my page on Facebook. Now my page took me maybe seven years to get to four thousand people. You know, like it was a struggle. And then in one day, they just changed the algorithm and went. You know what? Every time you post on your page now, if you don't put money behind it, it's going to get to four people. Yeah. I go onto LinkedIn, I do one little post, and it goes to fifteen thousand views. I know. Isn't that crazy? Amazing. It's, Amazing. It's insane. That's why I just think, why aren't more people on it and taking advantage? You know, well, I reckon one of the reasons, and we sorry, we're just having a chat now, and and we will get back to your career. But I do think one of the reasons is in the early days. I don't know whether you were on LinkedIn around sort of 2009, 10, when it first started in those early days, it was as, and I'm going to use the technical term, boring as batshit. <laughs> I cannot tell you how awful it was. It, you'd literally get on and it would be, you know, those really, really bad posts that people do where there's absolutely nothing human about it at all and they're just churning it out and, and you know, putting out no organic content. It's all this is my ad and I'm just going to – and it was just like the whole feed was filled with that. And then I feel like two or three years ago something shifted and, you know, and now it's just like – it's like – if you love business and if you're an entrepreneur and you, you do love business, then why wouldn't you go on and talk about business with other people? You know, you can't talk about it in, in social situations with people unless, you know, they love it. Well, that's exactly right. And it's interesting that you say that about the type of content that you saw, because I know that the way the algorithm is at the moment, it favors personal page content over business page content. And I really do feel like it's trying to have a shift towards humanizing content a lot more. And that's why yeah. they've introduced things like stories, which is a very easy way yep. to encourage people to create content that isn't going to necessarily just sit on their feed that they might be a bit nervous about. So I do feel like that's a much better way to run the platform because people connect more with people. They don't connect with ad type content because they're ad blind. No, that's right. That's totally right. So um, we've got to Cody Agency. Yes. How how did that kind of evolve? How did you pick up those first couple of clients? And and then how has it evolved since then? Because that's a few years now, isn't it, Ben? And obviously you're working a lot with Nick. How did you meet him? All those kind of things. Yeah. Tell me all. Okay, tell, tell you everything. <laughs> so I'll reveal all my deep, dark secrets now. Uh, <laughs> Yay! Okay, I'll be honest with you. We So my, my former business partner and I just absolutely winged it. 
Right. <laughs> we have no idea about running. the best kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No idea about running a business. That, and that's actually one of the reasons why I'm so excited for people to get mentors because I just realized we made so many mistakes and we, you know, just could have accelerated our uh, success or even the scaling of our company if we knew what mistakes to avoid or had a sounding board to say, hey, what's, uh, what, what should we do in this situation? This is not good. This is bad. This is, you know, frustrating. So I would definitely say I wish we had a mentor in the the younger years or, you know, in the early years of Cody, yep. um, we, I think we really benefited and to be transparent, we benefited from the rise of digital and we kind of got in at the right time. So we've worked with some incredible clients and we always want to be disruptive and, you know, try and do things a little bit differently. So we're not afraid of trying new things. I personally, and my team probably hate this. I love change. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I actually, I think, uh, I don't, think I could be in a company that didn't have a lot of change and you know obviously it has to be changed for the better it won't always be the case I think sometimes you just have to make those mistakes and learn and I've got an incredible incredible head of ops called Lana and she's just the person that I need because I can have all these crazy ideas and she goes that's amazing and she never wants to stop my crazy ideas but she actually is the one that can really help um, help me execute them and and help Oh, that's she sounds wonderful. My partner always said to me, "You," he said, "the way that you are with ideas everywhere." He said, "Really, you need someone to come along behind you with a butterfly net, grab the ideas, put them on the ground, and make them happen." Yeah, exactly. I thought I actually did put out an ad going, "I'm looking for a butterfly catcher." Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and, <laughs> one and it's great because you know you really end up finding people who accept you for you, and that's one thing that I've learned and felt more comfortable in as I've gotten older. So I you know, in my twenties, I, I think I was really very much trying to please everyone and trying to be the the people and the person that people wanted me to be. And even to some degree in my early thirties, I was like that. And now I just feel so much more comfortable just going, well, this is me, you know, and I've got some that's right. Take me or leave me. <laughs> I don't mind either way. Yeah. And it's like not about saying I will never change. It's like going, yes, tell me all the feedback. I want to be the best version of myself I can be. But I just know now I'm not good with process whatsoever. And I really appreciate that my team are incredible because they just go, we understand that, you know, you have some strengths. You also have some terrible weaknesses. And then they celebrate <laughs> those strengths and they, you know, make up for my weaknesses. And I really try and do that for them as well. And I know, okay, your strengths is this, like, you know, you're strong in this area. I'll put you in that thing and yeah, right. part of the business and not try and change them. If they want to improve, then absolutely. I'll try and help do whatever I can to help them be the best version of themselves they can be. But I think it's a lot easier to go from good to great than it is to go from bad to good to then try and get yeah. great. So, you know, aces in their places, I say for sure. So hopefully that covers off on the Cody stuff. And then in terms of Nick, yeah. I actually met Nick through LinkedIn. So Right. in his LinkedIn headline looking for agencies to invest in. I didn't even know who he was actually at the time. And I just thought, eh, I'll just like send him a DM. And then he replied yeah. and then we had a chat. And then I was like, yeah, I feel like we're definitely on the same page. And then I ended up meeting up, up with him and my um, former business partner and he just scared the living daylights out of me. Like he was so intense and I was like, this guy, he's crazy. He's like, before we'd even sat down, you know, he was asking about like, you know, P and L numbers and all this sort of stuff. I was like, God, like this is crazy. 
all that stuff you don't know. Yeah, and I was like, shit, numbers, like numbers. I was hearing a whole lot of numbers. I was like, this is so my weakest area. Oh, I'm in trouble. And then afterwards, and I, and I still reflect back on this and I don't know why I didn't do this. I actually didn't even research him beforehand. And this is how naive I, I was. And then I, after the meeting, I looked, I looked him up and I was like, oh my God, he's like, really successful and then I shat myself and I was like oh my god what are doing? <laughs> you know you know that rule for entrepreneurs and it's actually a rule for everyone which is if you are the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room True. you really want to be around those people that are incredibly successful that are doing great things because it kind of I don't know the magic rubs off on you or something <laughs> you get all incentivized to do the same yeah look it, it's actually a hundred percent right and you know I, I think from that experience like I really and look I've never been afraid to fail so I just reached out and thought like if it happens it happens yeah. and uh, you know I've, I've told the story before he actually we were talking we were negotiating and then he actually stopped replying and he ended up and I said oh hey are you still interested and he goes no and I said okay no worries. Uh, but I had this like weird feeling before I, you know, when I started talking to him, I was like, oh, I feel like we're going to do something together. And then, so I emailed him that later that night and said, Hey, do you mind if we just have a quick chat tomorrow? And he goes, yep, that's fine. And then I said to him, I can't explain it. I had this feeling. I really believe we can do some amazing things together. Um, would you reconsider? And then he actually reconsidered. And then, so he ended up Oh, good on you. That's a great story. Yeah. I love that story. Like it, and I think it just shows like you don't take no for an answer, basically. I pretty much never do. <laughs> like I'm like I will force I would force someone and harass them to death until they um gave me the answer that I want. And it's really bad. It's like one of those things where I'm just like I ask the question again in just different ways. And like the people around me, like, I know what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, but maybe if maybe. like this. <laughs> so I think they all are just like, yeah, I know what you're trying to do here. Uh, <laughs> so, so I think it just really shows, you know, uh, you have to be resilient and sometimes take no for it not take no for an answer and just go back and not let your ego get in the way. Cause I'm like, I don't care if. No, and also grasp opportunities. Like, I mean, you know, you, you answered the ad, you weren't actually looking for a buyer or anyone to invest. You just saw this guy and went, might as well connect and look what it's done. Exactly. And also, can I say, I did this post actually a couple of weeks back because I always hear people go, yeah, I'm always like keeping myself open for opportunities and looking for opportunities. And I was saying, and I did a post saying, you know, great. It's always great to look for opportunities, but why not make opportunities? Yeah, for yourself. More powerful, you know, because then you're not sitting there waiting for all the things to fall into place and the right opportunity to come. You're actually going out there going, I want this. I'm going to make it happen. So just changing that one word can be super powerful. So, so yeah, so at the moment mm. we have two investors in our business, um, Nick and Rob, and I actually – with Nick, I don't know why, like we just connected really well and we get along really well. We have a lot of fun. Like we're both really immature. I'm not even going to pretend that we're immature. <laughs> uh, and I think that that, you know, really. I think I think the word is childish and playfulness and those words are actually, yeah. they're supposed to be very good attributes for entrepreneurs anyway yeah. because that way you're, well, you're playing and thinking about things in different ways and thinking about and also making things joyful that aren't necessarily joyful for other people. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it's a really, it's a, you need that. I think you've got to have that childishness in order to, A, not care about failing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm with you and I don't and I feel like what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, it fails and I'm back in the same spot that I am now. So really, what you know, there's no risk. Exactly. Um, but, but finding that person you can bounce ideas off too, I think, is is 
super great. Yes, that's so true. And I think just even being relentlessly curious and always looking at why things are the way they are, challenging things definitely adds to that. And I think, you know, for him, he's just really down to earth and I really respect him for that because he is very successful, but he works so goddamn hard. Like on the the recent public holiday, we were working on listening. And I'm just like, why are you working so hard? I'm poor. So that's why I'm working so hard. Why do you <laughs> work right. so hard? Like he just works all the time and he genuinely loves it. So I think he loves it. Yeah. I'm sure. We yeah. have a shared passion for business, which I think really helps. And we have really different skill sets. And uh, so I think we just bounce off each other really well. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just meet people that are just a perfect fit. Yeah. And so you go. Exactly right. So, now, on your entrepreneurial journey, I'm assuming it hasn't all been roses and champagne all the way and that there have been some, and I'm only guessing because you may have had a perfect <laughs> a perfect situation, but have there been what I like to call pivotal moments because we all hate the word pivot these days um, in terms of challenges that have happened, clients you've lost or something that happened that you kind of go, oh, my God, it's the end of the year. It's the end of my business, you know, and you catastrophize or freeze. In my case, you know, I had a terrible situation when my SaaS platform was half built and the, the guy who was my partner and it just kind of walked away and left me. And I just didn't know what to do. I, like I froze, but I know in other situations. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is has anything happened like that that you now look back on and go, wow, that was one of the best things that could have happened to me. Yeah, look, I definitely would say, and I'm sure this is the same for a lot of business owners, like the pandemic was really hard on our business. And I think that like throughout the whole eight months, to be honest with you, I have a weird belief that I can do anything and I don't know where that's come from. I guess amazing parents who have instilled that in me, but I have this weird belief I can do anything. And so I think there's probably only maybe about three days in the whole of the eight months where I just thought, holy shit, like I have no idea if this business is going to survive, but I just sort of thought, just keep giving it your all. Cause there's no plan B for me. This is like, yes. this is, this is what I want. And, this is what I love. and the other thing logically to me, if you work in digital is that that is the industry that is going to grow on the back of the pandemic. We didn't know it at the time, but that's the one, you know, bricks and mortar, much scarier. But if you're working online and you're all about driving traffic and digital, then I think, you know, you're in a fairly safe spot. Yes. Moving forward. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, you're right. Uh, and I definitely feel fortunate. I know there's a lot of businesses out there, especially like in hospo and retail, bricks and mortar that, Ooh, yeah, that haven't gotten through. So I have absolute, um, oh God, my heart goes out to them because you put in so much blood, sweat and tears in running your own business. And then it's something that's totally out of your control that potentially might you know, cause the end of it. And, you know, I feel very fortunate that around me, I've got incredible people. So if I ever have a day where I go, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, you know, people around me go, you know, it's okay to have a bad day and it's okay to have a day where you doubt yourself and you feel like the whole world's going to end. Um, the main thing is you got to pick yourself up, you know, and let yourself yeah. you know, eat KFC for a day. Like I ate KFC yesterday. I was like, <laughs> a good day. Um, I have, I have a great friend, Pinky Mackay, who said, don't worry about it. It's called CBF syndrome. And I was like, Ooh, what does that stand for? And she was like, can't be fun. Yeah. And I went, yeah, we all had those days, yeah. I think, particularly in the early part of the <laughs> pandemic. So now in your career, because this is a show, She's the Boss, all about women in business, I always like to ask if there are any women that you think have had a real effect on your career. And if so, if you want to do a little 
story and tell us how they helped you and maybe you give them a shout out. And if they haven't, that's also interesting in itself. Yeah. Have they? Yeah. <laughs> I actually would like to talk about this from two perspectives. So I might start off with the negative actually to begin with because I feel that there is definitely like a bit of a false sisterhood uh, and a, a lot of the time it's funny because, you know, I, I think it is tough for women in business without a doubt, but then a lot of the time it's women pulling down other women and I just think I like do you find that in entrepreneur land or are you talking more about corporate land I'm just interested because my take on it is that in small business I think women are much more supportive but I'm interested in your opinion I think in look I think in small business like I've been fortunate to meet incredible women in business but there's also women out there who will step on other women okay and try and undermine you absolutely absolutely or or they judge they really judge. And I'm someone who is very much like, I love fashion. Like I'm not even going to pretend like I love, (laughs) I love beauty. Um, and I want to look a certain way because I enjoy it, you know, and I take my appearance and I know a lot of people, particularly women actually don't, I find I don't really get that much judgment from men. Like probably different different no men kind of don't even notice things like beauty and makeup though I think I mean we're all obsessed thinking that they do but my boyfriend says to me unless you change your hair in which case I won't recognize you at all um (laughs) he said you could walk past me and I wouldn't know you other than that I I don't think they really care no and if they do they're not particularly nice guys anyway I agree yeah I actually don't feel like um, men really care at all but I, I remember one of my friends who I'll talk about soon like she actually I'll talk about her now her name is Mia so Matt Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mia. She's incredible. She's an incredible businesswoman. She founded Moxie, which is the okay. care brand, and she's just next level, supportive, incredible, just just one of the most amazing humans. And I remember she did a story on free bleeding, which is uh, you know to raise awareness for the fact that not everyone has access to femcare products. And she said she oh okay absolutely trolled by women, and she was just like, whoa, that was a shock. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm shocked actually because I'm really good friends with Rochelle Courtney from Share the Dignity. Oh, yes, Rochelle. And, amazing work. And she hasn't had that kind of experience. She's got 5,000 women that are volunteering for her to help her in this situation. And she calls them sheroes, oh, uh, which I kind of think is cute. But it's interesting, isn't it? They're actually, just even comparing those two, they're pretty much talking about the same thing. Yes, exactly. Um, and one of them had such an awful experience. All the, the only thing Rochelle told me was that. When it came to morning television, and she was she's the one who actually agitated and got rid of the tampon tax, but until the moment that it, it entered politics, she could not get interviews on morning television because mm-hmm. they said, who wants to talk about periods? And I said to her, I can't believe it. And she, and she said, because I said, oh, well, maybe it's just all the guys. And she said, yeah, but if, you're, if you don't have periods, you come from someone who did. And I thought, that's so true. Or you're, <laughs> you're in a relationship or you have friends who might be going through things right. like that. So, yeah, right. I completely agree. So she's been... So what did so so Mia is as has been great at helping you has she? Oh, uh, she's like next level incredible. So she like we actually leave each other voice messages every day. Uh, <laughs> great, like really random. So we leave these long messages. And our husbands are pretty much like, I think you're having an affair with like another because <laughs> we're always hanging out and uh, you know seeing you know talking to each other. But she's just one of those women who really genuinely cares about helping others, and she's just a constant source of inspiration and support for me. So a really big shout out to her, and she's like 
you know, had an incredible entrepreneurial journey and she's been generous enough to share knowledge and um, advice with me whenever I'm feeling challenged with anything. So she's from that perspective. Oh, wonderful. Just absolute uh, life support for me. And then Lana in my business has just been like incredible. I always say to people, like I tell people about Lana and I go, Everybody leans Alana and it's just like become a saying. Like, I, I can tell you I need Alana. Yeah, literally everyone's like everybody needs Alana. I'm like, absolutely, but please don't take my Alana because no. I will fall apart without her. But she's just one of those people where you go, uh, oh, you actually are like one of the owners of the business. You care so much about the business. You care so much about the team. You care so much about the clients. Like she works just as hard as I do and it's not her business. And I just think, shit, you're like a once in a lifetime find, you know, to find someone yeah. who. The, the lightning strike. <laughs> I know. And she's just incredible. And, you know, I, I feel really fortunate to have someone to bounce off and, and just go, you know, Hey, what, what are your thoughts on this? Cause it's, it's actually, it can be quite a lonely journey if you don't have that or if you're yes on your own so i have to say yeah. those are incredible and i'll shout out to my mum as well because she i don't honestly don't i feel like she doesn't really still understand what i do or understand social media but <laughs> if i ever need her i'll call her and be like hey can you do this and she's like sure She'll have no idea what she's doing, but she'll do it anyway. So, you know, she's been an incredible source of inspiration for me personally. She's got an incredible work ethic, just has an amazing amount of empathy. And and that's one of the biggest traits I believe any leader should have. And she's, uh, you know, hopefully instilled that work ethic and empathy in, in me. Wow. Well, I love all these women. So uh, here comes the big question that we were talking about earlier, and we've kind of answered it, but I'll ask again anyway, in terms of juggling work and life, do you, do you have kids? No, no just a fur baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so because only because I was going to say, then you've got no option. You're like, they just drag you away from work, but how does, do you have hubby and you time where you go, no, Sunday's a sacrosanct or after nine o'clock is, is sacrosanct or is it really all blurred and it doesn't matter. It just depends what's on the go at the time. Ooh. So uh, we actually try and go for like a 5k walk every morning with Wolfie, wow. our, our dog. So that really helps set me up for the day. I never bring my phone. I always just, you know, cause if I can see my phone, I think about it and I think yeah, right. Ooh, I've probably got messages I need to respond to or I need to send emails. So I, I never take my phone. So he's, he's actually great at trying to force me to not be working all the time. Otherwise I will be working a lot because yeah, I right. genuinely love it, especially now during the pandemic when we're in ISO, it's really hard to separate that work. It is absolutely um, that. Yeah. But I have, I have to say for myself, I've been working from home for about eight years now doing oh. all my different businesses. So it actually made no difference to me at all. You, yeah, so you actually, everyone else is now joining me and, the, and there's a lot more people to talk to online. Yes, not, that I don't, not that I don't like a, um, a business lunch and a business breakfast. They've always been my favorites, but, um, but you know, it hasn't been as huge a difference. Now here comes the question that a journalist suggested that I ask, and I'm so glad because I love the answers, which is, are you ready? Is there a quirky fact about you that you'd be prepared to share that most people don't know about you? <laughs> yeah, look, 
I love eating in bed. I know it's really <laughs> disgusting and people probably no. go, oh my God, that's really bad. And I think the time when I realized that I had probably gone too far was when I was doing the washing and then I took the bed sheets out of the washing machine and all these Maltesers fell out. <laughs> <laughs> and I took the sheet through the, the washing and I was like, oh my God, that's disgusting. Like, it I isn't feel- that. I don't think it's that bad. I don't know. I mean, I've got, I, I don't do it very much myself. My boyfriend loves it. it we get to sort of 10 o'clock at night and we've just finished watching something on the TV and we go to bed and he's like, I think I need some chips or I think I might need some nuts or I'll just go and see if there's any biscuits. And I'm like, oh my God, now. But anyway. I just love it. it. I know that some people are going, oh my God, that is. So what, okay. So what's your, if I was to say, okay, you've got a comfort, you can absolutely do have, eat anything you want and do it at any time of day. So you, it's your day. It's like your birthday or whatever. What would be your option? What food would you take to bed and what time of day would you take it to bed? Oh God! You know, you're Other real. than Maltesers. Okay, <laughs> I would probably say if it was like you can have it's your birthday, you can anything, do anything. You want. Anything. Yep. I would probably in the morning have KFC and Pavlova in bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good answer. I love it. Yeah, I honestly love. I, I'm one of those people that eats dessert as they're eating their mains at the same time. That is and so funny. I love I love savory and there's like amazing place uh, near me called, I think it's like Cafe Bubka. They've got the best pavlova I've ever eaten in my whole life. So I could just eat a massive pav and then just also combine that with the KFC. With KFC. Well, okay, so this is a little test to see whether anyone actually listens to the end of the interviews. We'll see whether anyone turns up with KFC and and, and pavlova for you sometime. And what time of day are you like, are you a uh, evening, lunchtime? I mean, Let's say it's a weekend, so there's no particular time of day. What time of day would you have your KFC and Pavlova? Eight in the morning? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I could definitely start, start eating really? um, quite early. Yeah, no, no, um, no, no problem there. However, <laughs> I do actually try and fast during the week. So okay. I try and fast and not eat till around 11 or 12. And then on weekends or public holidays, I'll just eat whenever I want to. But um, it's interesting because I, recently Nick and I interviewed this longevity expert and he was saying that one of the best ways to live longer is to eat less. And it actually is not so tough on your body if you're eating all the time. So that's something that uh, I thought was quite interesting. But also when you eat food, it actually takes the blood from your brain to your stomach. To your stomach. The food. So that's why people get into food comas. So I tried to start my day with just drinking, you know, lots of tea <laughs> to try and fill myself up and then I'll eat around lunchtime. So, really? yeah, so, so I find it would be that- a lunchtime or evening meal in bed with, with those two things. Definitely. definitely. So <laughs> okay. My way, feel free to do that. <laughs> and now last but, not, last but not least, because you are obviously someone who loves their phone as much as I do, um, I, this has absolutely got nothing to do with anything else other than I'm nosy. What are the two most useful apps for business on your phone? Outside, let me, let's leave it outside email and banking and, well, email so, and banking. If, well, if I said social, I know you're going to say LinkedIn and LinkedIn. Instagram. <laughs> so are there any others though? I guess it's more about are there any useful apps that I should know about that you use for business that you think are pretty cool? 
Yeah, there are. And I don't have my phone in front of me now, so I'm like, I can't. I know, I'm looking for mine and I'm thinking, what have I done with mine as well? I leave it, leave it out of the room so I wasn't looking at it. Um, what do I? What apps do I use? I'm trying okay, to so, for, so I'll tell you one of mine that I love is JotNot because it turns your phone into a fax. Uh, which oh, before before Google um, came along and allowed you to do it was absolutely amazing. So you could just take a photo and it'll turn it into black and white into a PDF, and you can do multiple pages. So you could sign something on the on the run. So that that's one of mine. Yeah, I got that's it. It was it was the app of the week in in Good Weekend many years ago. <laughs> oh, I bought it. That's actually fantastic. That's a good mm. one. Uh, I, I definitely need that. Can I actually say, and this is a, not really necessarily an app, so to speak, but I record all of my content for LinkedIn just using the video function on my phone. And I think okay. a lot of people feel like they need to, like I just put it on selfie mode, put it in a tripod that I bought and then yep. just record. Yep. I think a lot of people feel like they need to make it super fancy and, and highly polished and edited. And the reality is you can literally like uh, – pick up your phone and that's like one of the best recording devices because the quality nowadays is so excellent that you can use it so I would say I use my phone a lot for that that like that video app. that is actually a really good point that's it if you were to take that to the nth degree there is an app I can't remember what it's called I think it's called auto cue or something and it actually you could write yourself a script see I mean I do everything off the cuff and I imagine you do too but a lot of people get nervous so it actually gives you an auto cue over the front of the camera so that you can read out something um That's you know, like looking at the camera which I thought is was really good and the another one that I've got is subly that does your subtitles for you really easy uh, yes I've got yeah so I use rev for that so oh, rev okay. Uh, rev.com so that's really good too so that's one that um what about canva um, Are you, do you use canva on your phone or is it uh, you not not really, it? Uh, i haven't i sometimes use it on desktop actually uh okay. so it's, it's an amazing app i'd actually also say the notes like it sounds like i'm such a dag like i'm not giving you any apps i'm just giving that you doesn't matter no 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 i just love talking phones <laughs> own functionality but i use the note section on my phone a lot because i um I actually love writing down topic ideas for LinkedIn. So that's something that uh, I I use. And then actually Audible, like so if I'm listening to uh, books, like I would say that I love sitting down and reading a good book, but if I'm on the go all the time, I find that I don't have the time. So uh, sometimes I would, yeah, I use Audible um, quite a bit if I'm not reading copies. So that's definitely something where you can absorb a lot of business knowledge uh, just by having your Audible on as you brush your teeth, as you're driving, as you put your makeup on, that sort of stuff. So definitely find that's a good one too. Nice. And then is the phone used for fun in your house, in your hands at all? Like for instance, I'm ashamed, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm addicted to Candy Crush and Words (laughs) with Friends. Have you got anything like that that you do or is it all about business? I have horrendous taste in music, so I'm a teeny bopper. So I love like Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber, and, and so Spotify definitely gets a workout on my yeah, phone. Cool. Like I love sometimes, you know, when you just pump, like you just crank uh, like a good tune, and you just feel really happy. Like music yes. makes you really happy. So sometimes, if I'm having like a average day or you know not a great start, I'll just smash out some good music and I instantly feel better. I think I sound really good when I sing, but I know I'm completely <laughs> tone deaf, but I sing at the top of my lungs. Um, but I do have a bad reputation for putting songs on repeat for literally weeks. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I am. I actually, 
I'll, I'll okay. just give you a little anecdote. When my, my first job ever before I went and worked at the Herald Sun, straight out of uni, was a friend of mine's mother worked in a clothes shop in the city. And I have to admit that I was quite punk when I was at, at, <laughs> at, uh, at uni. And this was a women's business suits shop. So we all had to wear women's business suits, which was an absolute nightmare. Anyway, it was in the Burke Street Mall and it was a tiny little shop and they would leave me in there on their own. And I loved Graceland, you know, that song by the, the album by um, – uh, Paul Simon. I don't even know whether oh, you know. Yes. You're probably too young for it. But anyway, I put it on and I'm exactly like you. And if I love something, I put it and I ended up having a whole lot of the other shop owners in the mall come up to me and go, could you please put something else on? We can't stand it. So I can do it to that degree. And I lived in London once and used to sing um, Crash Test Dummies songs. I love Crash Test Dummies. And there was a guy who lived next door to us. And one day, anyway, we used to get really drunk and we'd come back, put the song on, belt it out at the top of our voices. And one day we came home, there was an envelope under the door and it said, please, and it had a CD in it. It said, please, will you play this? I just need some variety. You're playing the same thing every night. <laughs> oh, my God. So you and I would be fine living together. We could yeah. just have the same yeah. songs. Yeah. All I, I have only got one playlist on my on my um, phone and I play it every time I play music on my phone. I play that one playlist. I, I do shuffle it, though. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you're feeling particularly crazy. But then I start to remember the songs that come after. So then you, you start to know the pattern. So I'm like, okay, this song comes next and this song comes no, next. So you so put it on shuffle and then you won't know. It just, that yeah. it just does it random each time. Yeah, anyway, Lisa, this great. has been amazing. What a fun chat. I, I really, really appreciate it. You have so many great insights as well. It's been amazing. So thank you very much. Now, if anyone wants to get hold of you, what's the best way? Thank you so much, Jules. I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, I love what you're doing and I fully um, have so much admiration for everything you've achieved in business. So it's an, it was an oh, absolute honour to, to uh, be on your show. So if people want to find me, they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time pretty much uh, <laughs> under Lisa Tay. Okay. I'm on, under Lisa Tay underscore on Instagram. And embarrassingly, I'm on TikTok, still trying to work out how to use the platform. So I'm Lisa <laughs> Tay on TikTok. Uh, so actually I had a video go viral on TikTok. Did you? Um, and I'm, I'm embarrassed. That should have was... been your quirky fact. Oh, maybe. How, how, how embarrass- viral did it go? How many? Uh, it's like, I mean, like it's not super viral. Like it's un- just under um, half a million views. So <laughs> What the fuck? Sorry, how can you say that's not very, I would, I would say just under half a million is pretty, I thought you were going to say 20,000. I would have still gone, oh, my God. But it's embarrassing because it's not good content. It's me lip syncing to Kourtney Kardashian with my dog and I'm just like. But isn't that what TikTok's about as well? It's just getting your profile out there and showing that you know how to have fun. That's true. That's true. So the thing is I can't dance. So I'm just like, okay, cool. What can I do? So And the lip syncing wasn't even accurate lip syncing. I'm like, damn it. Like it wasn't even. You know what you need? You know what you need to do just and, and then we'll sign off. There's an app. I think it's called Pet Talk or something, and you put oh. you, you put the video of your dog on there, and you can speak over it, and the dog will, and, and you should do that with it. Then the dog can be singing the songs. I'll show okay. you at some stage, but anyway. <laughs> I definitely need to get this out. There goes my whole afternoon. <laughs> All right, great. Well, thank you so so much. Thanks so much, Jules. Really appreciate it. 
hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au. 